step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Good morning, everyone, and I hope your day is at least traveling in the right direction. I am excited once again. It seems like every time you turn around and you hear my voice on Issued, I'm excited about something. Well, isn't that what life is supposed to be about? If you're not excited about something, you're going to be down in the dungeons, and I just refuse to be that way. Well, anyway, I am excited today because I am sitting here with Chef Stu. How are you doing, Chef? I'm doing incredible. Thank you for having me. And um, thank you for allowing me to eat some crabs before we got started. I certainly appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all. He just, I'm going to actually go country. He just tore a bag of crabs up. (laughs) Okay. Not, he tore them them up. And many of you um, that know me personally know that I'm allergic to crabs, so I can't even eat them. But it was definitely enjoyable to sit here and watch him truly enjoy those crabs. And as I said, he didn't eat them. He told them up. But uh, nevertheless, hey, look, when you're in Baltimore and when you're in Maryland, you have to at least, uh, uh, you know, get your crabs. So you got your crab on, Chef Sue. Yes, I do. But but I have a question. Being a chef, how how were the crabs? They was amazing. Um... Not getting that flavor in my mouth since I've been gone. Is as soon as I get back, that's the best thing that I can get is to taste that. But um, that wasn't my favorite crab spot, as I was saying earlier. Um, but it was still good enough to have. But uh, you can't really mess them up too much. You know, it's, it's all about the crab in itself. So if you mess up a steamed crab, then something ain't right. I'm not going to have any comment on that because it would be just my luck that I'd mess up a batch of crabs. Uh, I don't know if you ever saw the video. I've never cooked crabs before. But nevertheless, but there is a purpose for the reason that we are sitting here um, in the wonderful city of Baltimore with uh, with a gentleman that I only know a little bit about his story. But some of the things that he's already told me are just very fascinating. Um, there's something about not necessarily stories of success, but stories of success that are tagged on to a greater vision. And a greater vision, it has to do with someone or helping someone that's not just yourself or for your own benefit. And I, that's why we're sitting here today to talk about Transition Kitchen. So tell me about Transition Kitchen. Transition Kitchen in itself, funny that we would have the crabs out today, but that was my attempt to end what we have in Baltimore considered the crabs in the barrel mentality where nobody wants to see somebody else get ahead. So I always talk about that because I want to remind people that the crab was never designed to be in a barrel anyway. So it's not that the crab is pulling somebody down. The crab, all crabs, is trying to get back to the original place where they would feel comfortable. Because if you check the bottom of the ocean, I assure you crabs isn't pulling each other back down because everybody's in their environment that they feel comfortable in. So Transition Kitchen is my way to come back to say, hey, guys, I'm trying my best to lift you up out of a situation that I know that you're in. I was able to climb out of it 
And now that I have climbed out of it and I know what it takes to get to the top, allow for me to show you exactly what it is that I did to get to the top. You know yourself, most successful people guard their secrets. Nobody really want to tell you how they're making money, how they really got on, um, some of the things that they went through to kind of get there, especially if they think people is going to mimic the system and use the same information to get ahead. And Transition Kitchen is the complete opposite. I'm actually taking every experience, everything that I've been through, and I'm dissecting my brain, and I'm basically giving out this knowledge and information for free so that I can help some other people get to the top. Well, you mentioned something that the first time I ever heard it, crabs in a barrel. It gives a visual that every time one crab tries to climb up out of this barrel, that there are other crabs that are pulling it back down. I had never heard that before until I started coming to Baltimore. So for someone that's listening that doesn't understand that, how is that something that was always a label here in Baltimore, or did it kind of evolve? Can you explain just a little bit more about that, what that crab in a barrel means to Baltimore? Um, it's a plague that comes over our city from the street life on up. I mean, ironically, we known for crabs and itself is the food. And realistically, if you do watch live crabs in a barrel, then you will see this take place. So it's a metaphor that happens to have a lot of truth to it. So at the same time, I mean, we've seen it in countless movies across the world where, you know, the one drug dealer gets a hit and next thing you know, now his friend sets him up. Well, that would be considered a crab in a barrel mentality <laughs> to say, hold up, let me pull him back down. I mean, you see it with women that, you know, might be interested in the same guy and now they want to go and tell something about him and now they pull, you know, down. So it don't necessarily have to just, it just, it, it just was something that anytime somebody did something that didn't push somebody out of it and it pulled them back down, then it say, damn, you is just like these crabs down here. It's the same analogy. Um, so it's something that has always been surrounding the city. Ironically, as I move forward and start to realize and study food as much as I do, then I kind of threw the twist toward to say, hey, guys, hold up. Maybe we're looking at this the wrong way. Um, yeah, of course, you shouldn't pull somebody down or whatever. I get that. But at the same time, let's not forget that the crab was never designed to sit in this wooden barrel anyway. So you you taking somebody out of their natural habitat and then you mad at them for doing whatever it is they got to do to survive? That's not fair. Because I know if my son got to eat, you just met him yourself. I'm pulling everybody down. <laughs> so I'll be the crabbiest crabber in Baltimore at that point. So the same person to say, hey, don't, I will be doing it. So I would probably sound hypocritical. So at the same time, we do what we got to do to survive. I get it. But there's a way to do what you got to do to survive without necessarily throwing dirt on somebody else or bringing them along with it. So I think that that's where the, the line could get drawn at. So, you know, when I came back with the whole idea, it was to say, hey, well, if that is the case, that once a crab makes it out, so to speak, then the last damn thing he going to want to do is stay at the lid of the, of, the, of the thing to try to reach down the other claw and bring somebody else up. Because after all, I made it out. So... I mean, using myself as that example, I climbed out, I did what I had to do, I pulled, I tugged, I pulled some people over, stepped over some people, then when I got there and said, hey, you know what, I could sail off into the sunset and go into another part of the world where they don't even eat crabs and live peacefully for the rest of my life, um, I tasted it and I realized, you know what, I want as many people as possible to feel this feeling. So I'm going to come back and I, I'm sitting on top of, of it now and I'm pulling as many crabs up as I can. 
That is amazing. That 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 is amazing because one thing I'm sitting here. I I'm so not only am I excited and and just honored to to meet Chef Stu, but I, I tell you if he ever wants to come and leave the culinary world, he's got another career that is paved in the, the, being a comedian. Because I tell you, I I'm I'm sitting here and even before we started this, I'm just trying. I'm, y'all bear with me. I'm trying to keep it together, but it is it's 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 a little challenging right now. Um, I remember when you first when I first saw um, the information about Transition Kitchen, and I remember looking at it and I thought, "Wow, that's that's a great idea." But it was also something that was new. I'm not seeing anything started from a grassroots level, um, and so I was very not only. Um, uh, happy to see it. I was thankful. I bought into it in the very beginning uh, and will continue to support as you can see as I'm sitting here with you. But I think the thing that intrigued me the most is I'm not afraid of, of supporting something new. And I know one of the things that we've talked about is how has the support been? Um, has it been uh, favorable? Is it growing? Um, are you finding that there are obstacles or different things that you would wish that people would want to know? Um, yeah. <laughs> um, initially, when I came up with the idea, I, I live with a lot of quotes that I always say to myself. So one of my favorite quotes is, he who, lives, who, he, he who waits for favorable circumstances, I do just that. Wait. So ironically, I wanted to get into a position where Pepsi gives me a million dollars or I get the million dollar Sprite commercial and I can come back to the city and I ain't got to ask nobody for a nickel and I could just do it. But then when the Corinne Gaines thing happened, I had already was upset about the Freddie Gray thing, already pretty much upset again about the Corinne Gaines thing. Again, you just met my son. So when any time that happened, somebody, I, I, that's, that's my key to it to be like, damn, my son is still in that same city. So I, gotta, I can't wait until the big next thing for me to happen. Let's go ahead and get the ball rolling because at the end of the day, I already had the idea of how this program could work without having the money. Um, so then I said, you know what, it would work better in the city of Baltimore again down to be back to this crab in the barrel mentality because it was kind of like, well, look, if I do come in, I just come up with the money myself and I petition in L.A. with all the stars I know and the corporate companies that I work with and say, hey, give me the money to start it. And then I come here, then nobody feel that it's a part of them. Like they don't see themselves in this whole idea. So I said, you know what, this worked way better. For me to just go back to the city and say, collectively we build, collectively we benefit. If everybody puts into it, then the next time the city wants to flip and turn the whole thing upside down, at least we know we got one building, then we going to say, hold up. Don't touch this Don't one. touch this one. <laughs> I put $46 to this. My grandmother put 10 My brother put a nickel. And that's when I said, you know what, using reverse psychology slightly, I said, no, nah, the more people I get involved with the program in Baltimore, the more people will get excited about it, the more people that want to be a part of it, the more people that's going to stand for it. So that approach has worked because now when I look at a piece of equipment, I know for real, like, it took 68 people to get the refrigerator. It took 36 people to get the stove. It took 18 people to get the griddle. So I'm writing everybody's name down as, they, as they're campaigning. And again, I was telling you about the chef jackets being inside of the kitchen. So every time somebody donates, we write their name down on the jacket so that I can frame all the jackets. You come into there, so a student who comes from a family that might not really have a big support system or a drug dealer just coming home and really been out of touch with his family, probably realize he really don't have nobody in his corner. I can say, hold up, homeboy, check this out. I was petitioning for you way before I met you. Here's all the people who put up 10 cent, a dollar, nickel to make sure I had this place for you. So... I think that when people see that, they want to be a part of it a little bit more because now, you know, it's like, don't nobody want to walk in there like, mama, your name on the jacket? 
Mama, your name up here? No, boy, my name. I thought Chef Stew was scamming, so we ain't put no money up. And then, and that's where the names come from. So now people was like a monkey see, monkey do mentality. Hey, this is how you get on a jacket. No, you can't get on a jacket unless you put some money up. So it's something as small as 12 cents. You know, yesterday we was in one of the roughest yes. parts of the city. You know, initially we was asking for dollars. We was getting 12 cents. I'm like, man, man, I said you put up, you can sign. <laughs> here, here go the marker. Um, but that was the whole idea of the grassroots thing. I felt like that would be a real way to get the city involved. And then more importantly, it was like a, a marketing strategy because again, this program is designed to self-sustain. So if everybody don't get involved with it, so I come with the 20,000, I drop the money, I go back to LA. And then I'm like, okay, how's Transition Kitchen guys? It's not really doing anything because nobody still knows about it. So the longer that it takes for me to petition, the more people to get involved. So I initially came and I said, 10,000 people, donate one dollar that's ten thousand dollars we could go and get three four pieces of equipment tomorrow um, that didn't really go so fly but at the same time I figured that if ten thousand people would have donated one dollar each then that would have been a message to me to let me know that it was ten thousand people in the city of Baltimore that was excited about what it is that I was trying to do that was ten thousand people in the city of Baltimore that could support our program because what people may not really grasp is that I'm offering free training in a sense I'm saying hey if I take your brother off your hands for a little while and I train him up, I help him get a job and I know that you work over there at BGE, I know you work at this school, I know you work at this hospital, could you do me a favor and see can we bring over some box lunches, a fruit tray, a muffin? Because guess what? When this company says Chef Stew Transit Kitchen, we need 65 box lunches. Now I can go back to Ray Ray, Keyshawn, and all the same kids that I've trained all week and say, look, we got a catering job coming in. I need you to do this. I want you to do that. I want you to do this. And then I got money for y'all at the end of the week. Because if you know what's really going on in the streets, most of these kids is dying for two, three hundred dollars yeah. And I'm saying, hey, check this out catering job I can pay you the same $200 you ain't got to look over your shoulder you ain't got to worry about that you ain't gonna have your mother all nervous for you at night and it's the same amount of money so that's where the support system comes in at so transition kitchen will not work if I just go get a check from one person and and I start the program and then now I sit back and I just wait for the for the support of it it, it wouldn't work like that so I'm hoping that the, the people that's listening now could get a better idea and more insight to this is bigger than life because at the end of the day, I'm building a commercial kitchen that I intend to share with the whole city. So it's not Chef Stew's kitchen, it's the city of Baltimore's kitchen. Chef Stew was the brains behind it to show you how to make this operate, but initially if somebody with a half a brain now would be listening, they're saying, wow, this is cool. You mean to tell me that he's going to train us Monday through Thursday, one month's time, he's actually going to give me the certification that I need to go and get my own little part-time job, and at the same time, he's showing me how to run a viable catering operation. So Transition Kitchen in itself is a catering company, so some of my star students will be able to work directly for me. Now, you notice I said Monday through Thursday the school's open. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday we're not open because I want students all around the city of Baltimore to come and rent out the same kitchen. So now you can say, you know what? I want to start selling my own fish dinners. I want to do my own snowball stand. You know what? Matter of fact, I want to have my own cookies and muffins. All right, well, I'm telling you right now, and if you were to try to do that, the first thing you want to know, health inspector is going to say, well, you're cooking that. You cannot cook in a residential location and try to sell commercially. So then you you back dead in the water. Now it's like, I got a place for you to come. Transition Kitchen, you come on over there. We already got all the equipment that you would need, everything that you would already need. You can rent it out for something as small as $25 for an hour, something simple for us to keep the kitchen rolling. And now you have a, a home base. So it's like, again, I'm missing why the excitement is not 
in alarming numbers because I know there's a lot of people in the city that got restaurant dreams and want to have their own catering company and don't have the money. And then something is five to ten dollar donation in a bigger grand scheme, you do become a restaurant owner. You do have access to a commercial kitchen. Every person that signs up initially becomes part of my staff. So when I get 10,000 people on the staff, I can now go to bigger companies like the Raven Stadium, places like that, Oriole Stadium. Hey, check this out. Transition Kitchen got 1,000 people right here that need a job. Can we come and pick up the trash at the next Oriole game? Can we do the concession stands? That's what helps it grow. As I get catering jobs, I'm able to hire your, your son and your daughter. And then so it's like it's just an intricate system where we all – kind of somewhat collectively helping each other by utilizing this space so the kitchen is not mine is not a way for me to get money this isn't for selfish gain i don't look at transition kitchen as a way to chester you about to pay his rent i'm looking at it as a way <clears throat> y'all see what i'm doing all across the world i'm trying to show y'all what i'm doing so look let's put a little home base here so that y'all can benefit from it too because as it stands now you know, if somebody wants to hire me in something, a little small event, and the budget not really that big to pay for my flight to come back to, you know, I, I come home in Baltimore, I don't really charge for lodging and, and cars when I come here. I, I try not to, you know, waive those fees for people because as long as I get back, this is my hometown. I got a thousand places I can go to stay tonight at. Uh, but it's like it don't be in the budget sometimes. So I'm like, well, now with Transition Kitchen, with my star students, and I train, and now I got your son I felt was strong, and your daughter was strong, and now they're my core staff to say, hey, check this out, guys. I can't come to Baltimore next week. I got something to do in Tennessee, but I could be back in two weeks. Meanwhile, I got two trusty people that can come over there and do it exactly how I would do it. You know, the only difference is I'm not there telling jokes and making it fun, but they're going to knock it out and make sure it's right. So until we have that, we really, we kind of, we, we stagnated, you know? So it's frustrating to me because I came to Baltimore and I petitioned for the whole city to stand behind me. I went to all the politicians first. We got in the way with that. Um, I went to some celebrity friends I knew, didn't get in the way with that. Um, I went in my own pocket and did what I could do. And then initially that's where we kind of got to, okay, you know, the whole X in the street thing was not the first idea. Trust me, guys. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? It was like the eighth idea. Um, but when I took it to Stafford University within like the third day of being in Baltimore, they gave me a $50,000 scholarship. They said, Chef, do we love what you're doing. We see what you got going on. We stand it behind you. So here's a $50,000 scholarship. Once you get Transition Kitchen, I've been running. You can come to us now and say who was the best person that came through this damn program and send them over here with us. They charged $50,000 to go to college high school. So, again, I, I, I be listening to myself talk sometimes and saying to myself, like, damn. If a person gives us $50,000 to attend their culinary school, I'm giving y'all training for free. Do y'all realize that the stuff that I'm giving y'all is worth $50,000? And some other people is going to charge y'all $50,000. Y'all come to Transition Kitchen and learn how to do a better knife cut for free. Go over there and all the stuff that they're going to tell you. Now, if you didn't have Transition Kitchen and you want to go and learn how to be a chef, you go over there at Stafford, you're about to pay $50,000. Now, you might not even want to be a chef two weeks into the program but you out of your fifty thousand dollars thanks thanks <laughs> okay you're, you're out of your fifty thousand dollars you you know um we as um as black people have to understand some very basics and in this current um uh, political environment in the united states of america i'm just going to go ahead and say it people know that i am very very open about my political views and i think donald j trump's an idiot if we're thinking that politicians are going to help us on whether or not they're on the Democratic or the Republican side, we ought to know that that fish died and is not going to swim. 
it's it's just it's there. So and and I bring all of this up because she said that you went to the city first looking for help. And I think a lot of times when when grassroots efforts get overlooked because there's this assumption that and you made a couple of assumptions that are, that are, you know they're just that when you have a little bit of money the first thing is well why don't they put the money into it <laughs> right, right, right. you know uh, or, or you know or well they're doing this and that why don't they do this or well you know the city knows that we need help with this so we'll go to the city well the problem with that kind of thinking is is, is, <laughs> is just problematic but nevertheless and then I'm going to go backwards with this the problem with that kind of thinking is is that part of the problem that in the issues that transition kitchen is trying to address is uh, is happened because of the neglect of the city of the politicians, would you say? Right. No, the rec center started closing alarming rates. I mean, honestly, my son was playing football. They were sharing jerseys and, and pads because they didn't have enough stuff. So it was, this has been going on way before, you know, I decided to jump into it. But it's just, I don't know. I, I, I can share with you how I applied for a grant here in the Baltimore. I got the grant. They gave me $2,200. They took the grant back from me when they said that you using a refrigerator to train people, and I said, yeah. They said, we need the grant back because this was only for a soup kitchen type of ordeal. So if you want to take the grant and you're going to use it to feed people all day long, you can have it. But if you're going to use this in the operation that empowers their minds to put them in a position so that they don't have to stand in line to get free food, we need it back. So the whole politician thing. And I just kind of look, and I don't go either which way with either side of it. I mean, I, I've got a whole other way that I look at things. But um, we in trouble, depending on waiting on this or that, because on both sides of it, I mean, one system today, this part, one party is trying to take everything that they would think that would help somebody to away. And another party wants to cripple and enable. And it's like, at the end of the day, we need to become the independent party in which is why, you know, this transition kitchen, it's, it's really hard for me to fight for this here. It's been seven months and I'm, I'm halfway there. I thought that I'd be able to pull this off a whole lot faster, but I've always told everybody, cause you know, initially, like you were saying, when my team was like, you going back to do what? Like they be biting their nails every time I'm in the city. Like, honestly, like they be scared to death. And I'm like, that's my hometown. I know it's wild, but I'm all right. Like, <laughs> but then I'd be over here like, all right, hold up. What just happened here? Yeah, let's go ahead and go. But, you know, I want Baltimore to be the blueprint city because if I can get these knuckleheads to come together for a few minutes and stand behind change, then it just, lay, it just makes it so much easier for other cities to follow suit to see, hey, look, at the end of the day, we didn't wait for this person, this party, that mm -hmm. party. We came to ourselves. We said, look, this is what we're going to do. And it's beneficial for everybody. Now, and I can see if I was asking people to help me go get a Lexus Coupe help me go get a restaurant in the city that they not involved in the, the program is in the same city that i don't even live in right. you know what i'm saying like this so clearly i'm showing that hey i'm spending thousands of dollars on flights to come over here just to campaign just to show y'all that hey this isn't no paparazzi scandal we not trying to come up with something i'm not doing this for popularity like i'm already popular i already gained some some notoriety in the culinary industry so you know a lot of times people do these type of events because it's all type of moves to kind of get people involved in what it is that they're doing and it's the complete opposite because it kind of confuses people with my brand and say damn I just seen him in Atlanta with Demetria McKinley at her show private VIP leave there in the limo go hang out with Lunell 
And now he on Pennsylvania Avenue collecting change with dope things and crackheads. And, and I'm like, yeah, like, that's what the people in the industry know about me. And they like me because they say he's attainable, he's approachable. He hasn't allowed any of those things to change. Um, the person that he was, like, you know, I, I had a little bit of money prior to doing some things I ain't had no business to doing, and God took all of that, and then he, he slowly let me get some of it back. So I've been up, down, all around. So I'm just incredibly grateful for anything that goes on in, in my life, so to speak. But um, Baltimore City, we got to do better. I mean, everybody running around with $175 New Balance on, $300 belts. And nobody even got a checking account. Nobody got a savings account. Yesterday when a lady went to sign her name on the jacket, she wanted to write a little message. She said she didn't even know how to spell cooking. She asked me how to spell the word cook. And I'm just sitting here and saying to myself, like, wow, you know, I don't come to kind of point the finger at nobody. I, I mean, honestly, I'm from Baltimore, so don't look at it as this dude coming from West Hell, from all the way from wherever the hell he been at for these last couple of years to try to come and tell us about our city. But no, my father died of AIDS in Baltimore. My mother got high. I've dealt with this whole drug epidemic my whole life. I almost died in a robbery. So I know the street life far too well. I've buried 32 of my closest homeboys in Baltimore. From every other week, somebody was dying at one point in time. So... I mean, that's the thing that just kind of, to me, is just like, okay, guys, when is enough going to be enough? Because everybody only gets mad temporarily, but nobody does anything with the anger. And after, you know, the initial whatever we supposed to be mad about, everybody goes back to business as normal. And it was like kind of when I got robbed and, you know, almost killed in the thing, I said, there's no way in hell I'm going back to acting like that just didn't happen last night. Like, I ain't going to live in it every 15 minutes. But I'm not going to act like that wasn't about as close as it could get for me checking out of here. And far too many people in here just keep thinking we got all this time on our hands and it ain't going to happen to us. But every time we turn around, we bring somebody else closer than we knew. Somebody else. So Baltimore City, please stand with me. We got to do better collectively. And there's a couple of reasons why that this program will kind of attack a few things. Because part of the mission statement on like some of the overall goals of what Transition Kitchen does is that number one, it not dissipates black on black crime but it, it kind of alleviates it slightly and I'll give you an example why like yesterday, clear example we campaigning, um, I had a friend of mine Jamal PFK, boom, little brother Jamal I, Jamal is from out Essex, I know him I also had Tevin with me from Mount Street, West Baltimore two brothers wouldn't know each other from a can of paint chances is if they would have seen each other in the mall and bumped into each other they'd have knocked each other down but like yesterday was a day where as though in the midst of transition kitchen and we all just out there and it's like oh yo rock that's my friend oh rock my friend too and now they you know they taking pictures and they they change you know numbers and now it's like okay yeah they not gonna give each other their atm numbers at the pen or tell each other the blood type i get it but I know for a fact that if they was to run into each other tomorrow, it wouldn't be friction. So it was like, even as I've done these little demonstrations and I've done these little campaigns, I've already been able to bring different guys from different parts of the city to be able to interact with other guys within the city. Because part of the reason that the crime is so, like our city is already on edge anyway. And then so at the, at the end of the day, if you don't really know this dude, you're going to trash him. If you kind of know him or know somebody that know him, Boy, you better go get such and such or I'm going to tell like it, it changes it that fast so I said okay 
if the idea is to get 30 individuals on a Monday and a Wednesday coming in, another 30 coming on a Tuesday and a Thursday, so initially that's 60 students in my morning class. And we use that same blueprint for the afternoon class, 30 kids in Monday and uh, Wednesday, another 30 Tuesday and Thursday in the afternoon. Now that's a total of 120. That's 120 people that's going to be swinging through transition kitchen doors that did not know each other prior. And then they got each class is 30 days. So you'll come in twice a week for one month's time. So all right, Monday you might not talk to them. By the Wednesday class, I'm a part in y'all up, so y'all about to start talking. You're going to have to talk because you're going to burn up the flump. What is the flump? The flump? Flump bay? Right. Yeah, flambe. you're going to get burnt. So listen, homeboy, I know you came here larger than life and you want to be tough, Tony, but that's not how this works in the kitchen. So I'm going to need you and little Ray Ray to go ahead and put y'all knife flags down for a minute and, and interact with each other and ask questions because... Part of being a cook is working with your line. Like, you have to be a team member. So when I'm sauteing something, my other person that's with me on my team, he's working on something else. How come I going to be over here cooking and I never ask him, yo, as you did, how close is you to being done with the potatoes because the steak is ready? You know what I'm saying? Oh, potato, this would be my answer. Potato, oh, I was supposed to do something with them. See, he put me out about two, two minutes into the game. But I understand what you're saying. So the vision is is, is greater um, than just... It's not eggs and bacon only. It's yes. the way to get our brothers together and interact with each other in a positive setting so that we don't have to kill each other. At the same time, is a way to try to, as a, as a father myself, try to rebuild some homes and help people to get back on track because having a child and understanding how much it takes for a woman to be able to raise a child, and then we got so many brothers pride got them sitting feeling some type of way so they don't really want to help contribute and it's like look man you could be doing far more for your child working at mcdonald's that you could be trying to be a dope boy dressed up like i know it's not popular and it don't look cool but you are destroying our women and it's, and it's causing so much friction so again transition kitchen is another attempt to restructure back the home because in a sense and I'm hoping that the, the women that's listening can understand that I'm trying my best to try to get these dudes back on the right track because it's like, look, your son come in here, I teach him how to do some stuff, and now he goes home, and then he wants to show your mother or you how to do it. Now that's a chance for y'all to sit back down and have a chance to be like, okay, I can't cook the meal at nine years old. I'm, I might say we're supposed to cut an onion. That's where you would cut the onion or put this in the oven at 350. I can't even reach the oven. So I'm hoping that as we grow forward and your kid starts to get excited about it and I start to send them home with little you know, meals to be able to make when they get back home, then um, it, it, it begins to build your family structure up a little bit again. So I'm, a couple of ladies listening, your baby father probably ain't nothing right now, and I get it. But we're going to get him back on track. We're going to get him involved with Transition Kitchen. I mean, everything ain't about cooking. You know, I got guys that can be my delivery drivers, busboys, dishwashers. You know, we got set up and breakdown. People that can go and just set up the tables. Um, people that can just drive the stuff around. Of course, we got uh, equipment rental for places and stuff for people that want to utilize our kitchen and do events. That's another thing that's manly because, you know, sometimes the guy be like, cooking, ah, that's for women type of thing, you know. So it, we always get that little friction with it too sometimes. But for the guys that's listening, I'm showing y'all that uh, I can show you salaries on chefs and the people and you're going to realize and might want to rethink 
your career choice because the last time you checked Google Celebrity Chefs, we got Rachel Ray, 65 million, Gordon Ramsay, 232 million, Bobby Flay, 71 million, Chef Stew, $300. But you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> 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 we climbing up the chart. <laughs> I, I tell you, we climbing up the chart. And, and, and let me just go ahead. Here, we be doing this interview in a helicopter. <laughs> it's coming. Let me when when you, when you started sharing those numbers, what was my first reaction? Darn, I wish I'd have paid more attention at home. At I was, you know, I could because and and, and that is we we have to put numbers on, you know, because this is a future. And it's so ironic as we begin to bring uh, this interview uh, to an end that we're actually sitting out on a schoolyard, and and you probably hear the laughter of the children playing, and and it's just so special um, hearing about everything and looking on Facebook and seeing all the travel you've done in a couple of days. I want to thank you for even taking this time out to sit here with me. No, not at all. All good things come from God, but the helping hands belong to you. Again, it just speaks to my character as, as an individual yes. that I'm not looking at myself. So don't look at me as this big paparazzi Michael Jackson star because I'm still just an ordinary guy who believed in himself more than, more than a little bit. And I went after everything that I had. And now at this point, you know, everybody say, damn, Chef, we see you working hard. Well, look, I worked really hard to get to the top. And now I got to work even harder to stay at the top. Yeah. Far too many people give one little thing. They, 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 it's like a joke they say sometimes that uh, give a person $5 more than he had yesterday and just watch him just stop everything that he was doing. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, you know, give me $5 more than I had yesterday. I'm going to spend three fifty on something I wasn't able to do. And now I'm back in the same position I was in the day before. So... Never have to thank me for setting a platform because, again, you're giving me an opportunity to reach out. But like you said, we surrounded by kids, and um, that's what my whole new target audience has been because, um, you know, I was speaking earlier today with the Boys and Girls Club in Ohio, and I'll be in Ohio, so it's funny oh, that you said wow. that. Yeah, so when you said Ohio, I said, wow, this is crazy because I'm about to go to Ohio. And I was explaining to them that, you know, I'm not knocking the basketball players or the rappers. I always say this, but it's like they don't let rappers come talk to children. And I was shocked that Baltimore City was the only school that would allow a rapper to come and talk to the kids. Little school to God rest his soul, but they had him in the schools and things. And it was like, you know, there was a real big thing about Nicki Minaj going into the schools because most parents can pull up a lyric and be like, she just said I went this and I did that. And they like, that is not what. So... It's like when I come in there a little bit, it's a little bit different because they're like, we're so thankful to finally have somebody of your stature that can actually come. The, the, the basketball players, unless it's a PR move or a stunt, most of them is not really coming in there to, to really even go in there. You know, career day, they got the plumber, they got the electrician. So shouts out to all my, 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 my workers like that because that's who really goes in there. So I go in there and I talk to them. And so initially when I would go in there, um, nobody recognized me. You eight years old. You didn't watch the Food Network. You might not even know who Lunell is. So it's like my whole I'm a Food Network star, cook for celebrities. They like who is her? What show is that? And we still don't even know you. How are you? <laughs> right. I was you probably in Alabama or in uh, somewhere. So look, I give out surveys and I ask the little boys write down what you want to be, and I can show you. I got it all packed up now basketball player rapper the number one and if this was family feud i swear we would have 200 points <laughs> easily like if you under 11 and you african market the two primary things that they're gonna want to be rapper and athlete is gonna be off the chart so then i said okay let's change it so then when i would go in the next school i would start out hey 
My name is Robert Stewart. I am a chef. I don't know if you guys watch these television shows. I know I could do catering, this, this, and this. If you're not familiar with me, let me show you some of the people that I've had a chance to cook for. Shots out to French Montana and Shaquille O'Neal and all these different people that I've met and, you know, different events and stuff like that. And they get excited because they there's more excitement for those people than it'd be for me, right? It's, no, it's nothing. I'm, I'm loving it. At the same time, now I come back with my same chart and I say, all the little boys, write down what y'all want to be. All the little girls, your name next to what you want to be. And now is chef, 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 chef. And then it's like, even the kids that still want to be a rapper, they wrote rapper slash chef. Right, you know what I'm saying? I said, and I told somebody, I said, you know, if you understand the thought process, that they say it only takes 60 seconds to really think of something that could bring this into your life. And it's like, most people don't hold a thought that long. And I said, well, damn, you know what? My job is complete. That if I can come in here and I can just talk about being a chef for 30 minutes and just highlight some of the stuff that goes on in the chef world, that I'm already planning the idea in their minds. Now, what they do with that, I leave, that's on them, but at least gives them another opportunity to say, hey, because a lot of people didn't know the chefs are making millions of dollars. And even on a, just a job side of things, you know, some people say, I want to be a police officer. I'm like, well, a police officer make about $37,000 a year. You could end up getting shot, whatever the case may be. Do you know a line cook make $90,000? Do you know that sous chefs is making 80000 bucks? I mean, I know a sous chef making 93000 Like, So it's like, I, I know executive chefs making 125000 I, I So I'm like... I'm writing down the careers, and it's just like, I look at all the career choices, and I'm like, not to knock your hustle. Everything that you got down on this paper, there's positions in the, in the food industry that trip caught. Do you know what a general manager makes at a hotel? That's a six-figure salary. Sonia Burkis, what did you want to be? Well, public speaker slash podcast uh, host <laughs> slash chef. <laughs> and it's funny because I think, honestly... If you look at Food Network in the face of it, you know, and I just said something to ChefWorks the other day, and I said, it's kind of funny, and I almost wanted to slap myself because I went on the website, and I went on their pages, and I'm scouring through the pages, and I'm just trying to see how many African-American people is on the page. And as I'm scouring, I'm like, I don't really see that many people. If I see one person, boom, then I see myself. I'm like, just when I just said, sorry, guys, you know what I mean? But it was like, ironically, it took me a long time to find it, and it's just like, you know, same with Food Network and same with everything else. And it's like, it is so obvious that they've narrowed us down to a few career choices. And no disrespect to the Food Network or ChefWorks. Mm-hmm. I know that y'all ain't in that, you know, this, that's probably what y'all intend for people to see. But it's, it's, it's funny how it looks because it's like, damn, the basketball player and the rapper, the NFL is predominantly black. The NBA predominantly black. And, and Major League Baseball and Spanish black. Um, and then... You know, the actors, actresses, majority of them white. You know, you still got your, you know, your, we, we now with the new realm of TV, we got a lot more. But it's the same black actors and actresses that we had the whole time. So it's not over and over. Gabrielle Union, Jasmine Guy. I mean, like, we know there's this, those same people. Denzel Washington, Will Smith. Like, so it's not like every other week there's a new black movie star. You know what I'm saying? It's Will about to do another movie. But, you know, you look at the culinary thing and it's just like, I'm just trying to show that this is something that we should be getting excited about. And it's, I think there might be some of a reason why, you know, the machine hasn't gotten behind me to lift it up. Because now I know that if they was to get behind me like a Guy Ferrari or, you know, or Richard Blayless or one of these chefs and really lift it up and push, then, I mean, I have influence on both sides of the, of the fence. You know, white and black fans follow me as well. But more importantly, I got a lot of African-American kids that look up to me, you know what I'm saying, that would instantly want to go behind this. So it's like it's a safe haven to guard it, to say, hey, look, 
you know, basketball player, rapper, that sounds about right. Chef, we need you on the line, but we don't really need you to be the face of what it is that we do. I mean, most uh, major networks, uh, honestly, think about how many black celebrity chefs that you've actually ever seen or really know. Shots out to G. Garvin, shots out to Chef Robles, shots out to Marcus. Um, and then I don't know if you know about the story of Chef Jeff. Um, Chef Jeff, shots out to Chef Jeff. I love him to death. Chef Jeff is a, is a, uh, a chef that actually grew up in California and, and did the whole street drug thing, you know, all too familiar with everybody else. But long story short, he ended up getting 10 years in the federal penitentiary. He took up a lot of cooking while he was there. He bounced around some different jails while in the penitentiary. He got out. He started to go work for another top African-American chef in Hollywood. Long story short, he became like one of the first black chefs that ever even really kind of ran some things in Hollywood, so to speak. Um, in, the, in that whole culinary scene. And then he went to Vegas and was like one of the first black chefs of the Bellagio. Um, he won an award for being like the best buffet in there and like literally hands down a convicted felon drug dealer 10 years strong in the game and became one of the top African-American chefs in the world. Now, and this is funny. Both of y'all older than me. Have y'all ever heard about Jeff Gordon? I mean, Isn't Jeff, that Jeff Gordon, I'm sorry. Yeah. Chef Jeff, yeah. Jeff Gordon, I'm right yeah. back to another white celebrity. But again, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you didn't know that story. This story is so powerful, but guess where the story is told at? In jails all day long. Because I learned about it from another chef that was in a jail that told me, he said, I read the book, Tate W. Matter of fact, oh, oh. he went to jail and, and read the book and he said, look, man, he came out of jail wanting to be a chef. So I'm saying this to say that Chef Jeff is influencing people all across this world to become the same thing that I'm pushing for in a different light, same scenario. He's had shows before. He's very successful, motivational speaker, product placement, everything that I intend to do, some of the things I'm already doing. But again, just pointing out how they didn't lift his story up. So then I'm looking at it to be like, all right, that was 20 years ago. They still wasn't really trying to showcase that, hey, everybody, this really can be you. And now I'm trying to come back and do the same thing again to say, hey, look, I'm not knocking it. But you know damn well, you know, I, even my son wants to play basketball. And I, I'm pushing for him because I, I would love to see it. Because if that, he get that $89 million contract, ain't nobody going to work around with him no more. You know what I'm saying? But at yeah. the end of the day, son, if you don't go, yeah. what's next? What's the backup? Right, right. What's next? Chef Stu, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, love. And 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 I tell you, um, you you have yeah. I'm sitting up here. I'm starting to check my jacket's over here. I I abandoned it, but um, you have a platform with issue, certainly, and you have support for Transition Kitchen, but there's so much more that I've heard in this interview, and whatever that I can do, I'm here to help. You're doing a lot by just giving me the opportunity to speak on it and show myself in a different light. You know, a lot of times, like you say, most people follow me on Instagram and Facebook, so you're getting a still shot of Chef Stu. I'm always smiling, and they never really get to really get the real me. Unless you know me personally, then you're not going to understand how passionate I am about some of these issues. Um, I certainly don't look at myself as a Malcolm X or a Martin, but at the same time, I do feel like I got a greater purpose than myself here. You know, it's not for selfish gain. It's time to really unite and then be a blueprint for somebody else. So all my brothers and sisters listening, please follow suit for what it is that I'm doing because we only talked about Transition Kitchen, which in a nutshell is just me taking my knowledge and experience on something that I know that made myself successful and in turn showing other people for free. So what I'm suggesting is that we do this with all the trades that we know that we have. So I have an electrician. 
Jamal, Davon's brother. Um, he's going to be my follow-up to Transition Living, where he's going to train people in the electrical field. Um, my son is in carpentry, which was kind of funny because Jamal's brother was in carpentry. So when my son started talking to him about carpentry, then immediately Tony said, well, look, you know, whenever you're ready to get serious about this, this carpentry thing, let me know. Um, same thing with barbers, beauticians, doctors, lawyers. I mean, if you guys wouldn't mind, and I'm even going to actually have like a classroom at my kitchen. That's another reason why I only want to go Monday through Thursday. So Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in the event that nobody rents out the kitchen for a private event, I'm giving you guys a home base to come on over. You can meet twice a month and say, hey, look, I'm a, I'm a lawyer. Let me show you what lawyers make. Let me show you how this works. And then just to kind of build somewhat of a resource center. So at that point, Transition Kitchen can be become our own resource center where we can in-house almost everything that we got. Every time you need a doctor, you might need a lawyer, you might need a shirt, you might need your hair cut. Then we have somebody within there that can show and teach somebody to trade. Now, if you basically want to guard your secrets and you don't want nobody to know how you got ahead, then you probably wouldn't be the one that I'm looking for. But if you say, you know what, I'm comfortable in my skin, I've made a couple bucks of what it is that I do, I mean, most people, like, even with the sports thing, let's be for real, if you're not already 6'9 and 300-something pounds, you can hang out with Carmelo Anthony all you want. It's nothing that he could really show you that's going to get you because you got to be a certain build, a certain thing. You know, the culinary thing, I'm, I'm, I'm a skinny chef, like, so there's no real way to look like what it is that I can teach you. And I'm hoping that other people is following suit to what it is that I'm saying that, hey, yo, it is time to stop guarding our secrets. It's time to start sharing it. I know Sally Mae got you for $65,000 for that information that you no longer want to use. But you ain't going to do nothing with it but end up dying with it anyway and steal all these people that money. So go and get 10 kids and show them how to do digital processing. Show them how to do this. Show them how to do some of the stuff. You still got the books that you're paying for. Make some pages out of that. Make a little curriculum out of that. Make a little study guide out of that. And then now we got a resource center so that now what we can do is we can somewhat have our own little test in the water type of thing. So if your son, your daughter, whoever might say, you know what, I might want to be a chef. Well, go on down to Transition Kitchen where they train for free for three to four weeks and learn this. All right, that's not the thing. Great. You ain't cost mama $65,000 and you want to change your mind. You done cost me $65,000 and now you decide you don't want to do it? Oh, yeah, that's problematic. But it happens every day. Every day. Every day. I, I, you're right. You're I right. People now just trying to get in Transition Kitchen to owe money. You know what I mean? They talking about, look, I went to school to be this and I don't even want to be that no more. How I said, you know what, check this out. But, no, it's just a way for us to test the waters. I mean, even my friend Jamal, again, he was doing an electrical thing, and he said that at the basics he was going to show people how to, like, uh, wire up a light switch. So worst-case scenario, yeah, you don't got to be an electrician tomorrow, but if you know how to wire up something, now you home and your light go out, you ain't got to call nobody. You can do it yourself. You can do it your damn self. Yes, right. And now you saved your mother fifty, sixty dollars. You know, the boyfriend, the whoever, you know, like that's the way to get back in. The barter system that we could have within our sister city where we could trade off goods and services to a certain point where as though nobody has to really feel bad about not having because all right, I'm a chef, but my son need a haircut. I come cook dinner for you. Can you cut my son's hair? All right, well you the barber, can you do me a favor? My daughter wanna become a nurse. Can you show her how to draw blood? All right, look, my son has gotten some legal trouble. Is it possible he go talk to Mr. Jones for twenty minutes to see what that is? And then everybody that's listening, we begin to build our own team. So like I got an arsenal of chefs behind me. Jamal's about to have an arsenal of electricians behind him. You about to you could do this tomorrow 
tomorrow say, you know what, once a week I'll show you how to run your own radio show. And now y'all right. come down there, radio broadcasting, merchandise, and all that. Now you put together a little team, and you got people coming through, and now you got the little, the Sonya show running through Transition Kitchen with kids now. So it's, it's, it's endless possibilities. I'm a sticks focused to the culinary thing. I just wanted to throw out some other ideas, and I'm hoping that people can say, hey, you know what, damn, I never thought about that before. You know what, it is time to give back in the, in the career choice that I have, and then we can empower ourselves. We give our brothers and sisters more options, and we can kind of somewhat stand together. But um, let me end it by saying, guys, I need help. All right, just really quickly, I came to petition for Transition Kitchen. So far in my possession, I have a reach-in refrigerator, I have a six-burner stove, I have a deep fryer, I also have a commercial deep fryer, I should say, commercial deep fryer, double, no, commercial deep fryer, reach-in cooler, a griddle, a slicer, and an industrial microwave. I got about 39 stools, I got a couple cutting boards, a couple knobs, I got some bowls, some whisks, a lot of small miscellaneous type of stuff. Um, I am, I would say in my mind, 75% uh, to completion. We got four more major pieces of equipment to get, one that I'm currently campaigning for, which is my most expensive piece of equipment, which is the double-deck oven. Uh, we got a GoFundMe campaign right now. All over the website for the double-deck oven is a $6,000 campaign. Um, after we get that, we need a reach-in freezer. We need a stand-up mixing bowl, and then we need a charboard griller. Um, essentially, once we get those things, I will have everything that it is that I need. The ice machine could come after the fact, you know what I'm saying? But I'm just trying to have the basic stuff because I can't show these kids. My first class, day one in my class, will be product identification and equipment. So if I'm about to send you to the Sheraton and the Marriott and I say, hey, go clean the, the tilt skillet, and you don't even know what a tilt skillet is, go clean this. And you know, most people, you know, get frustrated with stuff that they don't know. So I'm trying to take out the frustration of that by giving you all the lingo that you need. So then when you go over to this kitchen after you get kicked out of mine and you go over there and they say, run into the cooler and grab me some basil, chiffonade, and then when you finish, meet me at the tilt skillet or meet me at the charbo griller, you like, perfect. <laughs> you know how to clean it? Yeah, I do. Chef showed me how to do it. You know how to clean the fryer? I do. So that's what I wanted to show first. So I can't even really start my school without having the bare necessities. At the same time, um, I do have an after school afternoon program, whatever the kids can come on after school. I want to do like a healthy taste good concept. I know the kids have been in school all day long, so I don't want the after school program to be boring after they've been reading books all day. So it's going to be a lot more hands on with the kids when y'all come over. Um, and again, I want to break down some stuff for them and then send them home with some stuff to do. So I'll do a live cooking demonstration when they come over. We'll have a little healthy snack thing. And then it's about 5, 6 o'clock. Start packing it up. Everybody goes home. And this is the instruction so you can get with your mother or your son or whoever's picking you up. Y'all go home and y'all can kind of cook this. So this will be a sure way. Um, I'm trying to keep the school free, guys. Y'all keep hearing me say the free calling on y'all's program. Well, the reason that it can be free is if I get help with the equipment. If I can come up with all the money through donations to come up with the equipment, then systematically we already go into Transition Kitchen in the positive. Um, we will be a catering company, so we will survive off catering jobs. We have a healthy, taste good concept, but we starting really simple with a grab-and-go box lunches and stuff like that, the stuff that everybody will love, only a, a twist to it. And I'm hoping that you guys would support that. Um, meanwhile, that's all that I can ask for you guys to do is just help me come up with the rest of the equipment, um, raise awareness about the program, tell a friend, tell as many friends as possible um, about this thing that's going on. And then once we get up and running, we would just ask that you guys, since I've trained your son, your daughter, your mother, your brother for free, 
all I'm asking for you guys to do is just help us get a catering job. That way the program can sustain itself. No disrespect to the churches, but we cannot operate like a church where every Sunday we need donations or all of a sudden now and I got to cut the class in half. So um, stand with me, guys. Please go on any search engine that you want and just type in the hashtag Transition Kitchen Chef Stew. Articles should start popping up. Um, as you were saying, I'm on Facebook all the time doing as many live feeds as possible. And um, we're really close. We got to get these last four things. And once we got that going, um, I can offer this training to you guys. And you can come in there and you can learn for free. I do not want that to change. Um, only thing is that we need to make sure that we have everything that we need starting out so that um, we don't have to try to hustle and bustle to get everything going. Um, one other adjustment that we got to make with it is that um, Straight Chef in Apparel was standing with Chef Stew with Transition Kitchen, so the night flag shirt that you always see me on, that will be the signature uniform for Transition Kitchen. Um, initially, I know that everybody come in probably might not go to be a chef. And the last thing I want you to do is go get a chef jacket, go get a slip-resistant shoes, and then you do the 30-day program, and now all of a sudden it becomes waste. So that way, if we change the uniform to the T-shirts, everybody can be in there cooking with the T-shirts on. After you're done with Transition Kitchen, you still got yourself a fly T-shirt, and you didn't waste a whole bunch of money. So we're going to put something together where you can pick your own T-shirt out. So parents, yes, the school is free, but the shirt might cost you $12 for your student to come. And then it might be the, uh, instead of us getting the slip-resistant shoes, because you know everybody needs the slip-resistant shoes in the uh, kitchen, uh, is a chance that we might just get the slip covers. And then they like $8. So I'm trying to work it out with some companies now to see if we can get the slip covers for free. But initially, I just don't want this to come out of left field. You said free the whole time, and the school opened on Monday, and it's $22 now. I'm fighting to get y'all shirts for free, and I'm fighting to get y'all slip-resistant shoes. If I'm unable to pull that off, then yes, then we can have like a little buyback system because if your son or daughter doesn't plan to come back and we just do the slip over the, the regular shoes, then we can use them multiple times. So then maybe we can have it where as though you pay for them eight bucks. And then at the end of the thing, if you want to continue your studies, you keep them. If you don't, you sell them back to us for five. And then now we can give them to the next student. And it's like, let, let it go like that. But um, I just wanted to make sure that y'all knew that. And um, my mother is calling. So let's. Oh, she, is she here? Oh, I know he coming through you. That's my other mother. My mother calling my other mother. Both my mothers right here. All right. Again, thank you so much. Did I tell him how to find me? Um, you want to tell him? Yes, please. If you're looking for Chef Stew, I'm easy to find. I am at www.chefstew.com. Stew is S-T-E-W. You can find me on all social medias, the hashtag Chef Stew. Instagram, uh, Chef underscore Stew. Facebook, Robert Stewart, Chef Stew. Uh, Transition Kitchen Baltimore. Again, just make it really easy for yourself and just search the hashtag Chef Stew, hashtag Transition Kitchen, um, and you definitely can find me. If you're looking for me to come and speak at your school, um, please email me at Stewart's Bistro. That's S-T-E-W-A-R-T-S-B-I-S-T-R-O at gmail.com. Or you can reach out to our team at 404-907-0068. And, um, yeah, there's no place on earth that I won't go. And there's no place that I won't go. Unless you guys don't have the right check, then we're going to be doing... We ain't coming. Yeah, we're okay. <laughs> we we're not gonna, coming. We're going to Skype you and send you some crab cakes in the mail with a, with a, with a, with a, a candle in it. But no, um, I travel the whole world. I know sometimes people say, where is he at? I'm based out of the whole world. 
Um, East Coast, West Coast, you name it. Baltimore City, my hometown. I'm always in Baltimore. I'm always in Atlanta. I live in California. So practically anywhere that I need to be, I will be. But um, don't be as discouraged to think that, hey, Chef does all these wonderful things and he probably charged a trillion dollars to come do my event. As you can see, I'm still down to earth. I didn't let none of this stuff change me. Um, so, yes, if you got 30 bucks, then you might can only afford a fruit tray. If you got $10,000, then you got models laying on the table with sushi on them. I mean, we can get jiggy with it, but it all depends on how much money you got. So the number one question is, Chef, how much do you charge? That's not what you asked me. The question is, how much can you spend on the food? How much do you have that you want to spend to the food? I know you got to pay for the venue, the DJ. Y'all want to make sure the alcohol, you got to get your head down your nails. <laughs> All that come before the food. Because everybody wants to spend 30000 on the venue and then break it down to, you know, just get your grandma to make some chicken and we be okay. You know what I'm saying? I give it to you raw. I, I, did, I say shots out to all my event planners. Always talking about money ain't a thing. They go from ceviche to chicken fingers in 10 minutes. I can't. <laughs> y'all starting out wanting champagne. Next thing I know, y'all got Kool-Aid in the joint. Meatballs. Meatballs, wings, a pasta salad, deviled eggs. That's a sure sign that y'all cut the caterer out of this plan. Thank y'all for listening. Until next time, this is Sonia Kudisha. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.